A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Kiora, and welcome to this special podcast from Our Changing World on RNZ National. Kai Frederick is a science communication student at the University of Otago, and in this podcast he's finding out about the work of the Otago Peninsula Biodiversity Group to remove possums from the peninsula. He catches up with the group's project manager, Cathy Rufort, operations manager, Bruce Kyle, and Tomahawk resident, Anna Hughes. A possum-free Otago Peninsula is the ambitious goal of the Otago Peninsula Biodiversity Group. Since trapping began in 2011, around 7,000 possums have been caught. I catch up with Cathy Rufold, the group's project manager, at a trapping line behind the harbourside settlement of Portobello. This is quite old Kanuka, probably 30 years I'd say looking at it. So you can see it's quite an open understory, you know, until the fence was put in not so long ago it was grazed. So not a great deal of plant diversity in here. So we find that possums generally don't spend a lot of time in these kanuka groves and they're happier in gullies with, you know, vines and a range of sort of botanical species. Yeah. Um, Where we are, we've got our permanent line going around the the bush edge, Mm -hmm. but because it's a sizable piece of bush, we need devices actually inside the bush as well. And that's, those are the ones that we sort of move around and just introduce a bit of variety to where possums might be moving through or if they're st- stopping and staying for a few days, um, which parts of the bush they might be interacting with during that time. When was this line permanently established? Was it after the work that you originally did to clear the sectors out further on the peninsula? Yes, that's right. So... The first bits of work started in 2011 on this outer part of the peninsula, so from Portobello through to Tairoa Head and then east out to Cape Saunders. And within that sort of about 4,000 hectares, we've broken it up into land blocks called sectors 1, 2 and 3. So sectors 1, 2 and 3 have been regularly controlled since 2011 and it was at the end of that first knockdown that this line was established properly and was set up to just be continually sort of monitoring and picking up sign and animals. And so how long is this transect line and about how many traps are located mm. along the line? It's about two kilometres long, so it spans from Portobello Township um, over a low saddle and down to an inlet. And so there's control devices about every 50 metres. So we're looking at around 40 control stations where we do mix and match the different devices that are there. It crosses through multi-land owners and we try to keep it as streamlined as possible around bush edges and macrocarpa belts and just those key target areas that we know possums are especially seeking out. So how often do volunteers come and have a look at these traps and clear? They do it at least once a week, but they um, more often it's twice a week as well. Uh, They obviously have their jobs, you know, so they fit it in around those and the weather. Um, We have to be flexible with what we expect of our volunteers. So if there's good reason for us to vamp up the number of checks, then that's when we come in and fill in the gaps. 
Mm. And are these volunteers, would they be local residents who just live down the road in Portobello? That's right, yes. We have currently have got 65 volunteers contributing regularly to the possum control programme, and that's they range from trappers, you know, actual possum trappers, to people who check traps for us, to people who monitor birds and rodents. And um, all of them live on the peninsula. And what are some of the specific things which people have fed back to you about what they're seeing in their gardens? Yes, well, um, as well as the increase in birds, people are delighted to report that their roses are doing very well um, under lower possum numbers, and their fruit trees are also having um, greater yields than they've had for even as long as 20 years. And the same goes with walnut, you know, hazelnut trees as well. And even just simply people's vegetable gardens. You know, there were some places on the peninsula where people just couldn't really get their veggies away for the interference from from a number of possums. So the sort of boom of home garden produce seems to be coming quite quickly on the back of reducing these possum numbers. Now the next challenge for the project, it looks like it's entering an ambitious phase. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so after this year... We feel like we've given all of the rural, semi-rural, smallish harbourside urban areas a good going over. And we can't take our um, you know, foot off the gas, we've got to keep on there. But really we've got a very high density housing area adjacent to the peninsula across its neck. And they really are made up of city suburbs, you know, quarter acre sections. And we know from the work of a PhD student, Amy Adams, in the zoology department down here at Otago University, we know from her that possums are living quite independently in those suburbs. They're not having to stab out into native bush patches or macrocarpa belts. Our big challenge for next year and, and the following years on is how we reduce possum numbers in such a high density housing area where there obviously are going to be a whole range of opinions, a whole range of pets, Part of that package deal as we work through those issues is looking at putting up a, a type of barrier system possibly between the farmland and this high density area. It may not be a permanent structure but it's something that will need to be in place for you know the next five years or so just to stem the reinvasion of possums back onto that cleared farmland. Tomahawk Beach Settlement forms part of this new area of focus. Bruce Kyle, the group's operations manager, shows me why this coastal zone is perfect possum habitat. The ideal, actually, guy, you know, you've got a bit of rank grass, you've got lupins, you've got stunted pines, mulembeckia, nio, gorse, just the usual coastal scrub based on top of sand, which is reasonably warm and free-draining for, for possums. So it's absolutely ideal habitat. How Im- important is this area to the goal of the whole project? Well this, this area here I would see as a absolutely key location uh, partly because it's a seed source for other parts of the peninsula with this dune country, probably quite high numbers here. Also it's connected to the city uh, into a very major corridor right along the coast from here at Tomahawk right through to St Clair. You've got the golf course and you've got the cemetery and you know, you've got playing fields, you've got a, quite a wide corridor of movement so we need to plug that up and then start cleaning out this area and start putting in some buffer lines as well to stop movement from the city through into the rural area.
think they actually come from the lagoon as well because I was driving home one night, it was only about 8 o'clock and uh, there was a possum as I turned into the driveway right in the middle of the road. So they okay. do cross. Yeah, and the, <laughs> do the neighbours mention them much? Yeah, two of the neighbours on the other side of the street have got Tim's traps that they've been using for years and they okay. catch them quite frequently when they, they set them. Yeah. yeah, okay. Just the bush running down into the lagoon, they like that spot. Oh, yeah. And those the houses back on. It's all native along there, is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I wouldn't mind betting that, say, that some of that sand dune country there would uh, have quite good numbers too. So that's only about 150 metres away. Tomahawk resident Anna Hughes is happy to be involved in the project. I ask Anna if possums have been a problem. No, we haven't had any issues, really. I mean, we've found evidence that they're around, but um, our fruit trees don't produce much anyway. <laughs> and uh, the kids would get to them before the possums. And, yeah, nothing in the garden. They don't seem to take anything out of the veggie garden. Yeah. So not a problem as such. I just know that they're around, and I know that they're a problem in general. So, you know, if I can support a solution to um, addressing that problem, then, yeah. So your, your, your main motive for getting involved in the project is the wider environment issue of the possums as opposed to them affecting you personally? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I wonder whether it's a bit of a lost cause, but I'd hate to think. I'd hate to, you know, even imagine the destruction if we weren't doing something about the possums. So this is a, what sort of trap is this? This is a Tim's trap. It's a kill trap for possums, designed uh, specifically for possums. Um, the hole there is too small for a cat basically to want to put its head in because its whiskers won't go through there. And we bait them with apples or carrots. And so uh, basically only will catch possums. And there's a bar in there that has to be pulled forward to, to actually re release the trap. So most animals, if they stick their head in there, they'll, they'll be pushing the wrong way to actually trigger the trap. So they're quite a safe trap. And what have but we got in the uh, milk container here? Okay, so there's a mixture of flour, icing, sugar and cinnamon. Sometimes I use curry powder instead of cinnamon. But it's just a, an attractant that you can spread around the trap and flick a bit in it and over some apple outside it as well. And, uh, Is this and a tried and trusted yes, recipe? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, an unfailing <laughs> recipe, <laughs> always works. Um, possums do like it, but it, it probably does pay to change the lure occasionally from curry to cinnamon or some other dry or wet ingredient, you know, spearmint or whatever. So we're ready to go. That should last, if we don't get too much rain, that should la that'll last for a few days. Okay. And the other thing is if, if you prefer me to come and check it once a week and rebate it, then I'm happy to do that. If you want to check it and do it, do that, then you're more than welcome to and I can give you apples and flour to do it. But I would ask if, if we do catch a possum, if, if you could just give me a ring and let me know, mm -hmm. then I'll come and take it away. And yeah. You must have got pretty familiar with the territory of the peninsula over the last three years. Yeah, I, I'm certainly learning um, every day. <laughs> learn about an, another spot and coming here today it's like gee whiz you know there's a bit of work ahead here so I'd say every week I see another part of the peninsula that I haven't seen before. And the project's been in, in operation for four years so that's four years of being in the community and the community getting used to the the goals of the project and and seeing real effects so I guess that would have had an impact in terms of support of the project as well. 
Oh, absolutely. You say the people who have got yeah more veggies in the gardens and more fruit on their trees and, and more birds that they enjoy interacting with on a daily basis. So there's no real downside. It's it's been it's been good, and I think it's something that um, hopefully helps draws communities together as well. You know, people feel like they're all working together for something positive. To listen to more podcasts made by science communication students at the University of Otago, check out Our Changing World's Summer Science web pages, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.